0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, or whatever time it might be for you. Welcome, everyone. This is Partner First, Just kidding. Uh, where we bring in subject matter experts, vendors of note, and industry experts. As you may have noticed, I am your Ray host, Dean Trampelis, doing a Hawaiian shirt takeover of this video series. Uh, Partner First is recorded on all the platforms you like and some of the platforms you don't. So, if for some reason you can't watch today, you can watch later. It's recorded. Don't worry. So, with all of that said, I'm sure you're tired of listening to the dulcet tones of my voice. Let me bring on today's guests. We are going to be meeting Matt and David from Get Help. What's up, Matt? What's up, David?
1: I did not get the great intro.
0: That's it. That's all you're getting from me for the rest of the call. Cool. Oh,
1: I guess it's our show then, and uh, we'll we'll take it away.
0: Why don't you, uh, before we get into the amazing PowerPoint deck that you have put together, as we all know, that is the draw to any video series. Uh, Why don't you just tell me a little bit about both of you? Because both of you have a really cool story, and uh, sort of how you got here. Matt, take it away.
1: Oh, I have to go first. <laughs> so we came from a, a hardware manufacturing background. Uh, at that company, when I joined, it was 11 years ago at this point, we were 15 people. And we had ambitions to grow. A couple years into that, we we brought David on board. Time passed. We were acquired by a PE firm. I ended up moving over to Europe, running our operations there. I was the managing director for Europe, Africa, and uh, in India. Um, that time, David took over, became our, our global global VP, I think, of our technical services and titles. And mm-hmm. eh. when I first started at the company, they told yeah. me, make my title whatever I want it to be. So I made my business cards that said I was, you know, supreme overlord of blah, 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 blah. And they made me throw those out and come up with a real title. So, you know, titles, whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that's our, our history that kind of led us to this. And David, I think you can really tell a better story about why exactly we're here at Helped because it was what you were living every day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of my favorite stories, actually, it's the boardroom story. So we had just signed a contract with this massive conglomerate company that said to us that we needed to be able to provide 24 seven support. And we were all sitting there in the the boardroom, you know, fancy and whatnot, not in our Hawaiian shirts, unfortunately. And and everybody just slowly started looking at me. And they were like, you can do 24 seven, right? And i said yeah 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 of course and then i spent the next couple of years actually trying to figure out how to do it um believe it or not it's incredibly difficult um what i was trying to go against was this like three or four hour window of time that i just couldn't get covered you know like matt said he was he was over there in europe so i had resources in in the uk i had resources in india but there was still this little block it just couldn't get covered, and so I started to reach out to services out there that um, that said that they could. And you know, I found a couple companies that picked up the phone, they took a message, they interacted with the customers, but they just did it at such a terrible level that when we left, we said, you know what, this is a huge market need. Let's see if we can fill it.
0: I love that. That's uh, that's literally where OIT came from. Was trying to find a product that we could sell and realizing that all the offerings didn't meet what we needed. That's that's
1: exactly if you can't find the solution you need, build it. And so that's what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I have a bunch of help questions, but I don't think we're only here to talk about help. Do you guys have uh, this very interesting topic today about customer experience and relationship to growth? And I know that you're very passionate about that. Uh, we spoke a whole bunch at uh, CompTIA in Vegas about the importance of customer Mm -hmm. experience. And it was so important to you that you had an AI generate your PowerPoint instead of doing (laughs) it?
1: I mean, AI nowadays is just so, I mean, it's it's taking all of our jobs, right? So we needed to come up with this presentation Mm -hmm. and we just thought, well, great. We know the topic, we know the prompt. Let's Mm -hmm. just, if we can go to the next slide, have the AI make the presentation for us. So that's, that's and so it. the prompt,
2: the the, the prompt the Easter egg here is that the prompt was dealing with jerks or dealing with jerk. Well, I don't even remember exactly well, well, what swear
1: it was because it was actually dealing with dickheads. And you remember exactly what it was. Hey, come on! I I just all, right,
2: all right, fine. So so we did this prompt, and we said as an MSP, um, you know, frankly, it, it's all tongue in cheek because everybody knows what it takes to to provide good customer experience. Um, it's just the ability to do that, and so we wanted to take you guys through a couple of slides uh, based on what the AI thought uh, was the answer to you know dealing with dickheads. So it, here it, it is.
1: Rewrote that a little bit for us, maybe not <laughs> in the most concise and, and brief way, mm-hmm. but it more politely said dealing with with dickheads.
2: Now we're getting a to- personal
0: attack.
1: Yeah, we actually have you <laughs> it has you upload not only a prompt but an image and we we took your picture, yeah. put it up there, it, it actually told us, Oh, I know that guy. You're right, he's he's a dickhead. Um but no, so so the reason that the prompt is dealing with dickheads is that we feel like tech support is the sort of position that help desk position is kind of lose lose. It, it it's a situation where the, the people who are managing that desk are are sort of the heroes, they're saving the day for the customers, but they're kind of in a difficult situation because they're only dealing with people that are having problems. They they never get to you know ride in on that sunny day and, and be celebrating. They only get the call sure. when the storm clouds are, are rolling in because something's not working. And it's not that the people we're dealing with are actually dickheads. It's that they're frustrated because something's not working. It's totally reasonable mm-hmm. for them to be frustrated, but it's still our responsibility to make sure that we're delivering a, a positive experience to them.
0: We have um, we have an actual dickhead in the chat. We have uh, um, oh. Richard Banky. Um, ah. So, uh, is this product for him?
2: <laughs> Listen, the, the answer that we that we were hoping to get from the AI was was how to do it. And and frankly, in the in the next couple of slides, if we were to look through that AI you know presentation, it talks about difference. Um, I don't know, it, it, different perspectives, you know, challenging clients, you know, how you deal with the, the, the folks that are, I don't know, Phil, what was the next one?
1: Yeah. So the, the next one, if we and go personality is you know, types. personality types.
2: Yeah. And then it goes
0: into just all of these different things that you have to consider when you're, when you're providing support to somebody.
1: The, the
0: personality type of a client. I mean, it's a client. It's not a person. Well, it could be a, a person, but it's a business. As you know, business we get some
1: people, Some people call us, oh, sweetie, thank you, honey, and they're grandmotherly. And you kind of treat your grandmother a little bit differently than that young guy who's on a deadline, rushing, doesn't want to waste a moment of time. When you're on the phone with that older person, then it might just be something where, as you're working through the issue, they kind of want you to small talk a little bit with them and keep them on the line, even if you could be more effective saying, hey, I'm gonna go get this done and call you back in five. Whereas that guy who's rushing, if you tell him, hey, I'm going to get this done for you, it's going to be faster. If I'm not on the phone with you, he's going to say, great, that gives me a chance to go get something else done. Call me back as soon as it's done. And making that assessment helps you solve that customer's needs and, and leave them satisfied when you're when you're done resolving it. So that's why you know part of that, that calculus when you take the call is understanding who you're talking to, what sort of person they are.
0: So how, how do you train your team to be able to make that assessment i mean it's hard enough fixing printers and you know re- resetting passwords and fighting with people who don't want mfa and that now i've got to like you know check the tone of the call pace match lead adapt my style i mean that 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 sounds more like i need a customer service representative than a technician but aren't they both yeah. i mean that's- i mean
1: isn't a technician really a, a customer service representative that's actually going to be able to solve your problems yeah there are plenty of people who are excellent technicians who are we're not people persons people people um but those they're not great frontliners. are those can be the guys when you have some complicated issue that needs to be solved they can dig in take the time that it needs to resolve it but again what we're talking about here is when somebody's calling in they're having a frustration and you know, if, if we can keep going to the sides, I think we can kind of get through the AI-generated version of the, the presentation. We ended up, you know, ditching that because it was so meaningless and, and vague. Um, but the the crux of it is that there is a lot of value in treating those customers well and in being a good support person, not just technical but customer as well, because it creates so much value for your company if you look at this as the sort of thing where your job is to just solve technical problems just be a technician your customers won't really appreciate that because again they're i think it's kind of the tale as old as time for an IT guy you only if the IT guy is not right in front of you you wonder what he's doing and if he's right in front of you it's because there's a problem right and and so it's that nature of of that role is that it's kind of inherently negative. But if you're providing that good customer service, people know things always go wrong. If if people feel as though they are heard that your response was quick, etc, et then you're providing that good service that makes them feel good about what you're doing. They're not going to say, hey, what are those guys doing? They're well, like, say, like Ray, like great. Ray
0: said, I've said this in my MSP, like this job would be amazing if I didn't have any clients.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's part of, you know, the point you're making too. like ultimately the MSPs watching don't want to hear this, but like tech support's somewhat of a commodity. That's not what people are buying from me. They're buying the experience they get from me.
1: Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, that's it's spot on. It's a situation where we can call ourselves tech support representatives, help desk technicians, whatever. But there is a customer service involved when you are that first line. You need to be able to manage those clients. Your question was, how do we train those people? A lot of it is, is kind of innate, really. We do coach and give cues, but really it starts before we even get to training. It, it starts when we hire, when we recruit people. We try to find people who naturally have that you know, way with people, the, the ability to understand. It's, it's part of the interview process, really, where we can make sure that somebody's not just robotic. Um, Candidly, I don't think I would be a great frontline person just because I'm probably more robotic than I would want to, to hire someone in, in this position to be. But you know, fortunately, we have the experience in recruiting for these sort of positions and we understand what it takes. Having the knowledge, having the skill sets to be able to deliver is, is one thing, but having the, the demeanor to be able to communicate in the way that the person you're talking to can, can understand and appreciate is kind of a, a valuable thing that can't be taught.
0: I know customer service is, is literally your, your bread and butter. So I'm not asking you to give out your secret sauce, but is there like a, a hot tip you could give for, you know, what what are you looking for in, in that process? You're clearly retaining amazing staff if, if you're selling an experience. I'm a good technical interviewer, what am I missing? Like what, what should every MSP watching this, what's the one question they should ask in their interviews to have a, a, a help chance at hiring a good staff member?
2: you know you always hear those stories about people that do you know live interviews or something where you're in person and you see how they interact with you know the wait staff or how they respond to certain cues because we're doing all this remote it's a lot harder to get those cues But we're still looking for them i know it sounds super silly but if i get done with an interview and i say hey thanks shoot me an email and i'll respond later and i don't get an email that person is somebody that doesn't have that knack for you know continued support that doesn't have that continuity in mind, little things like that, Dean. I, it's not one question, frankly. It's just all of those little cues that we get from the the applicant, the interviewee, at the time of the process.
0: I mean, it it, it sounds like this is something that uh, any hiring manager can aspire to learn, but I know I struggled with it in my MSP. Um, it, I don't literally want to tee you up and be a show but it sounds like there's got to be a better way as all the tupperware falls on me from the camera you know there's got to be a better way so you know we we talked a
1: little bit about our background but you know one of the things that really makes us strong at what we do is our ability to find and retain the, the right people and a lot of that comes from not my belly. I've interviewed tons of people in my previous position. A lot of them were, you know, sales guys. It's kind of a different skill set. David's background, actually, prior to the previous business, was in technical recruiting. He came into our company from a technical recruiting company, so that is, you know, a previous career that really lined up well with a skill set that we need in this company. All right. Mm-hmm.
2: And so, Dean, I think that you uh, you were priming us to say. Let helps take care of all of those interview woes and, and, and frankly, you know, I, I know it sounds silly and we're making a big deal out of this, but I think, frankly, that's that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, when we do a sales pitch, um, Matt and I tell our prospects, listen, we're trying to do things different and, and we're not being cliche about it. We're saying, what is a problem that you're running into when it comes to interviewing and hiring? Or what is a problem that you're running into with maybe your current solution? Like, what is that thing? because then we will take that feedback and we'll say, okay, wait, you know, maybe that's, that's not exactly how we do it. We do it this way. What do you think? And then we take that feedback additionally, and we start to make changes in our process. One of the benefits of us being small and and, and growing is that we're able to really refine ourselves to the needs of this community. And um, and I know it sounds super, super cheesy, (laughs) Sorry, right. but like we're here to enrich this community. Like when I tell people what we are or what we do, I say we're an MSP support organization. I feel better about my smallest client right now than I do about my largest. And that's gonna sound weird too, but I'm gonna tell you what. Our smallest client came to us and said, hey, I'm trying to grow my organization. I'm trying to grow the amount of clients that I have, the of users I'm supporting, I'm trying to grow. But I'm having a hard time doing that when I'm dealing with all these you know, tech support issues. He was at 60 users, and that was April of this year. Just a couple days ago, we got word that he was at 122 users, and he just signed on 106 users. And it's like, man, how did you do that? And the answer is simple, and Dean, I know you're, you're thinking it already. Not having to be the person that picks up the phone when somebody calls in with that printer issue or, hey, my Outlook calendar looks funny, means that you have the time to really focus on Whatever marketing, whatever sales, whatever thing that you're doing to grow your business. And that's
1: what we're here for. So, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So look, we're, we're not um, the only outsource solution, you know, for, for help desk, even there's multiple providers, but business mm-hmm. process or outsourcing is one of the fastest growing industries in America. The idea is that you need to free up your time. You can be more effective at mm-hmm. what you do best if you have the time to do it. And if what you do best is being that level one help desk technician, more power to you. But how many of you would would say that's really your strength and what you want to do with, with your time? So let, let me you ask you guys were literally saying you don't. Yeah, just a moment a ago, question. you guys were
0: all saying I don't want to do that. Exactly. Based on yeah, that. So um, at my previous MSP, we grew from a very small MSP to a pretty large MSP. And a big part of that was by using a different solution for outsourced services. And they had the similar sort of pitch that. Our help desk services are gonna, you know, they're gonna wear your logo. They're gonna represent your brand. They're gonna talk the talk, speak to your clients. And for the things that were hidden from my clients, like knock services, sock services, that that was no problem. But for direct help desk facing stuff, every time I've done that in the past, I've been met with disappointment. Why are you different? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a good question. So, you know, one of the things that we talked about was where
2: we came from um where we came from we were supporting 60 different brands and so i know that you didn't really touch too much on this idea of brand segregation or segmentation or whatever it is but it's super important to us so all of our systems are built in a way that to keep that from from ever being an issue secondly the way that we're different is that we're doing this in a in a pod system we're doing this as fractional agents we're not Bringing these calls into a big call center, you know, here or or offshore, and having them route through however many agents it is, and then having some random person pick up the phone. We assign a pod with a team lead and four agents to each one of our clients. That team lead is going to be the person that's going to be the most knowing of of you you as a client. Those agents are going to be the ones that are going to be looking at that that team lead. That continuity of support that we get from that pod system is something that you're not gonna find many other places, if anywhere else.
1: We were actually speaking to a client yesterday who said, well, what if I just wanna hire three dedicated butts in right. seats? Yeah, and seats? And have been said, me. yeah, like, yeah, we, you, you could do that. And in that case, we're kinda of just doing the recruiting. We're doing the interviewing, we're doing the HR management for you, but really the value, and, and this is where the, the pod system comes to play is the sort of load balancing behind it. If if you and I think we're kind of even skipping ahead, we, we talk about this a little bit on the slides, but I think we can just keep going. The yeah, being selfish and
0: just asking my questions. Sorry.
1: No, it's it's, it's great. <laughs> I mean, we, can, we can rehash it by, by going back through the slides later on. But you know, the idea is that let's say that every call, every ticket came in 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 sequence, or you had no SLAs and you could just get to them whenever you got to them. You know, the average user requires something like 15 minutes of support every month. So if you have one technician who's you know supporting this assembly line whatever of, of support needs they're going to be able to support 700 users over the course of the month based on that 15 minute average working 8 hour days you know blah 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 but is, is that the reality like do you guys who are running MSP feel like you could support 700 users with, with just one technician if if you can more power to you you have your stack really dialed in you have your processes really dialed in you're doing a phenomenal job you've probably automated a ton I think for most MSPs, that's maybe something to really aspire to, and it's not realistic. The industry norm is more like one technician for every 100 users you're supporting. 100 well, let's ask Dean.
2: Dean, what, what, when you were you know, an MSP, you mm-hmm. doing operations and stuff, what was your goal? Did you, did you say one to 100, one to 200? Like how many?
0: I, I didn't have oh, a um, staff to end user ratio. I had a um, uh, mm-hmm. best-in-class target of a half hour per user per month. But what I ended up finding out, we were very we still are a a very dialed in MSP that did the automation, had an aligned stack, you know, we we reached the promised land. And that wasn't what was consuming our help desk time. It was people. Mm -hmm. It was people being Mm -hmm. people. It it wasn't their machines. It wasn't, I mean, it was their printers, but other than printers, it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't their firewall. It wasn't their active directory. That stuff wasn't breaking. It was the humans and the humans needed the handholding. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell my staff, hang up the phone and stop talking to that person. You've talked to them for too long. I wanted to as an operations person, but like, you can't really do that. And, uh, this is why I've always loved this style of offering you know, to, to the audience. I've I never used help, but like this category of product, I've always been very passionate mm-hmm. about. Because by doing the same thing that Matt and David are discussing, that allowed us to free up resources that we actually ended up using to build out our own knock and sock in-house. Because we took the mm-hmm. money we would be spending on having a deep help desk and we dumped it over there and we outsourced the help desk to someone else. And that was amazing.
1: That's that's exactly it. And that's where that, that pod system comes into play. Because no matter how efficient you're, you're trying to be, it's impossible to be perfectly efficient in-house. And you want to try to save money. You want to try to maximize your resources. And the way to do that is to share the load. And, and that's what we're doing for you. We're, we're allowing you to
0: share that load.
2: Did
1: you guys so see your, uh, I'm
0: BJ? Her- BJ threw some numbers up in the chat here from from Etop. E- oh. Etop, despite his own assessment, they're pretty dialed in MSP right at that that size that is really in need of being able to have that 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 force multiplier to grow to the next level. So he's saying two and a half service desk and around five hundred fifty users in Five fifty.
1: There you go. So again, if the time worked out right. perfectly and every technician, if a technician could handle every ticket in sequence, you could handle seven hundred. But instead we're looking at, you know, fewer than two hundred. And so again, whether it's 100, whether it's 200, it's nowhere close to 700. You talk about efficiency, you're at 30% efficiency. How do you recapture that That other 70%? You have a resource that, that scales as you need it when you have those like If you could snap your fingers and have eight employees so that when that VPN goes down and everybody's calling in saying, hey, I, I can't connect to the VPN, there's somebody to answer the phone, then great, good for you. But- if you could snap your fingers and make that happen magically, awesome. If you need a way to do that in the real world, that's helped
2: I'm, I'm not going to name names, but the conversation that I was talking about that we had yesterday was with a client who was um, 300 technicians, sorry, a prospect. Um, and they said, you know, what our goal is, you know, 98% uh, answer rate. And right now we're only at 90% because we're getting 150 calls a day, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so it's simple calculus at that point, right? Like if you were to say, Hey, there's 15 calls a day that are that are making it through or whatever the number is, how do you get those calls covered without adding another you know, buns and seats, as I call them? If you had somebody that just sat there and took you know, those handful of calls a day, that's all they're going to do. That's not worthwhile. Having somebody bolt on like us, where you can you know, do a consumption-based model, something where you're just tweaking those numbers, you're sending things our way so that we can cover that little gap, that's what we're here for.
1: And, and really, most of what we're talking about with all these numbers is, is talking about business hours. But then once mm-hmm. it's five oh one, who's who's answering the phone? I mean, and, and David, this is another one of your stories about why we're mm-hmm. here. David, where do you answer the phone? Where did you answer <laughs> the phone in your previous <laughs> role? All right, listen. Okay, all right,
2: okay. So here, here's the thing, and this is something that, you know, no matter how big we are, and Dean, I told you this when we were in Vegas, uh, which is apropos because the story is about Vegas. Uh, but what I told you about when we were in Vegas was that no matter what, I'm always going to be in the queue because I want to be there if I'm the last resort. If we've got thousands of clients and somebody is leaning on us to make sure that that phone is answered, then I'm going to be in the queue. So the story that Matt was alluding to uh, was the fact that that was what was happening at the last gig and I was in the queue. I was the last person in the queue and I had you know 10 uh, people that should have been called before me. However, they weren't. So there I was, uh, Saturday night, I guess Sunday morning at that point, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting at a blackjack table at the Aria, having a blast, drinking a little bit, winning a little bit, just enjoying my time. All of a sudden, my phone rings. Of course, it pops up and it says, you know, call service, because that's how I had the, you know, the number in my phone. So I look at it, and I look around, and I think to myself, there is literally nowhere within hundreds of feet where I can be quiet enough to take this phone call. So I start running, I get up like, you know, two o'clock in the morning, everybody around me has no idea what's happening I get up I start running around. I'm just running like, like a wild person. I finally find this corner next to like an ATM or something where I think it'll be quiet enough. So I take my phone and I I put my hand over my other head and I, you know, you do these things and answer the phone. And it turns out it was somebody that had an issue with their remote control. We were selling fiber optics. We have literally nothing to do with the remote control. No idea how that call got to us. But at that point, I realized that 10 things had to go wrong for that call to have reached me. One of those things being that the person that we had employed the call service that was calling me knew nothing about our product. They knew nothing about what we were doing, where they would have maybe said, oh, sorry, sir. That's that's an issue with remote control. We don't deal with remote controls. they didn't even do that. They said, hang on, let me escalate this to an engineer. Secondly, they didn't go through the list of engineers. All they did was saw an account manager, which was me and said, I'm gonna call that person. And so we ended up with this you know, folly or comedy of errors or whatever you wanna call it. And, uh, and ultimately it was something that we didn't even need to deal with. I tell that story a lot. I feel like it gets worse sometimes and better other times. I don't know. Matt, what do you think? Was it, that a, it's was that a better
1: one? when you're up $5,000 and you come back and just Oh, you know, yes, of course. Lost it all. But, but the, the reason for telling the story is, is, yeah, you know, that was another shift. If you wanted to handle somebody outside of ours, you, you have a couple options. You can just get mm-hmm. a call service that's going to take a message. Maybe you're not even offering that to your customers. That's a revenue stream you're potentially missing out on. Or you could have your team on call. One of our first clients basically came to us and said, hey, we just need you guys for nights and weekends because right now we're paying a couple grand a month just to have our techs be on call even if nothing comes in. If you can beat that price, we're going to sign up with you. It's that sort of coverage that you know maybe your techs want the extra money from being on call, but it's probably something they're more forced into and they'd rather somebody else were able to answer the phone. And so that's, you know, I think that's about how much easier it is to, sorry, Matt, to,
2: to have a buffer. You know, if you ask, the, did you guys have an on-call schedule? At your last company? Uh,
0: no, we, we, I'm probably not a great example for that because we had very clearly okay. defined support expectations. And if your business was not willing to inherit the risk, of paying us to properly staff to support you after hours, then we close at five. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> okay. We, so we totally but point. that's a pain point. I mean, if you go on, I mean, I met you on Reddit. Yeah. And if you go on like Reddit, Discord, Facebook, any MSP mm-hmm. group, what's probably like the top five complaints you hear is going to be, is the on-call schedule I'm on a bunch of BS? Or am I being a bad owner by not paying this way or that way? So it's a it's a huge pain point.
2: So that's the thing, that's the buffer that helps presents. And this sounds kind of crazy, but if you were to say to an, uh, an agent of yours, hey, do you wanna do on call for this week period or a couple day period or whatever it is, they're probably gonna be like, ah, oh, dang, like, I don't, I don't really want to. But if you were to say to them, hey, do you wanna be this escalation point during this period of time where you're not getting the frontline stuff, where you're not getting that initial call, but you're getting the stuff that needs to get escalated, that's a lot easier of a self for,
0: everybody, you know, there's a little buffer and that that buffer can be helped. So I have a I have a question because there's, there's one thing I I keep I heard in your story. I really liked that I'm not sold on. So so you, you made this really great point that 10 things went wrong. And that's ultimately why your phone rang and you had to run across the casino floor, mm-hmm. which is hilarious to imagine, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, ultimately, if it's my staff that are under my payroll, my company, and 10 things go wrong, it's my fault. I'm accountable to that, and I can accept that. How can you possibly, as a third party, prevent 10 things from going wrong? I mean, you you aren't me. You don't work here. You don't you have to manage tons of MSP stacks, tons of different staff dynamics, different setups, different escalation scripts. How can you possibly make sure 10 things don't go wrong as an outside provider. How can any, not just help, how can any of you do that in this entire space? Well, so
1: you know, we, I think- we love to meet our clients. Like we we love to be the ones that are on the, the sales calls because the reality is, if you're gonna have somebody that's not your business, if you're gonna have somebody that's not you talking to your customers, you need to have a level of trust. If you're hiring somebody, you need to have a level of trust having them talk to your customers. We want to talk to our clients because we want them to understand our passion for this, where we're coming from. We want you know mm-hmm. David to, to talk about that time that he almost had security probably pounce on him because I saw him running across the casino because that's really the best way that, that we can convey, we're not gonna be perfect. We can't solve every issue. We can't prevent every error. We can't close every ticket. There's gonna be escalations, but we we need people to understand that you know, we, we care. Like all you really can do is everything you can do to, to minimize those failures. Yes, things are, are going to go wrong. It's going to be imperfect, but we are here, not just for fun, but because we care so much about getting it right because of how much it pained us when things didn't go right. And I so mean, I mean, everyone... I like that
0: you care and and etop in the chat cares and, and Banky IT cares. I mean, right. we all care, but what are you doing beyond just i've never met a vent well i shouldn't say never but i've met very few vendors that objectively didn't care everybody cared so what are you doing like what's an actionable thing (laughs) if i signed up to my oit signs up to use help to backfill us which hey you know pitch pitch me on this um what are you doing to make sure that that won't happen so we won't get
1: too much into the, the special sauce but you know what we use is a platform that we've built that enables our our agents to know what to do know you know what how to treat a, a, if a customer is a VIP th- things like that. So the way our platform works it's it's basically a, a browser on steroids. It's it's you know chromium based okay. browser development that we have where you know the right hand side of their screen is basically this dynamic knowledge base that gives them, the answers that they need when they need them. And, you know, that way we can make sure that we don't have there is the element of training, but we want the training to be to know to use what's displayed in front of you. We want all of those answers. We want all those resources to be at the, the fingertips of our clients so that they know exactly what to do to, to avoid those mistakes. We try to answer the questions for the for our agents before our agents even have those questions.
0: So Josh asked a question in chat and it sounds like what you're saying is you're not teaching your staff to memorize all of my knowledge base. You're teaching your staff to make good decisions based on indicating factors you're mysteriously identifying that I have to sign up to know more about. We, we, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, it's, we're not a, we're not a software vendor. It's not like, Hey, we're going to demo our, our products because there's nothing to show you, you as the client won't see. I mean, we can show you what our agents see, But you as the client would never actually see that, interact with that. We bring in analytical people and and we want them to be able to do that problem solving because they're supporting a a variety of clients. You know, that pod is going to have a handful of clients they're supporting. We're not expecting our agents to memorize every knowledge-based article from every one of our clients, but we want to make sure that they know the core concepts for, oh, if it's a password reset. The,
2: the fundamentals. I mean, like Dean, we could say whatever we want to say. We can sell you on whatever, like Matt and I are not sales guys. What we do is we deliver the fundamentals. Those 10 things that went wrong when I got that call in Las Vegas were because somebody didn't deliver the fundamentals. Somebody didn't do what we would consider table stakes. I think pun intended. And I think that what Matt's trying to say is that like, yeah, there's all of this operation stuff in the background that says, you know, here's this knowledge base, here's this step to take to do this thing, whatever. But in reality, what it is, is that we're delivering fundamentals, we're delivering professionalism, we're del- delivering courtesy, we're delivering fundamental things that, hey, look at that, I got a little quote on the bottom. Uh, <laughs> we're delivering things, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so we're delivering the things that, that you're signing up for. You know, you could, you could hire an agent right now and you could say to them, here's our knowledge base. Here are the things that i need you to do okay great you're doing the exact same thing with us and you're doing the exact same thing with us as a pot of people as opposed to just that one single person and so the way that i see it is that um you know the proof is in the pudding can i get a little quote on that no i don't know i guess that almost kind of played out but uh so so the proof is in the pudding the thing that we would say to 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 that question is really just that we're delivering Somebody calls in, says, Hey, I've got an issue. Okay. I'm answering as Dean co MSP. You know, how can I help you? All right. This is an issue that I've seen a thousand times before because I've been an MSP agent. I know exactly what to do. Maybe the process a little different. So I've got that showing up in my knowledge base article. I can see exactly how to take care of it. Okay. Resolved. Fantastic. Thank you. Beep done. If not escalated, but we escalate the appropriate way. We escalate based on your requirements. And I think that's the big... Well, part of the reason why
0: I'm pushing you to answer this question is having been an MSP and having used services like this in the past, most of the offerings fall into two categories. They either come in and say, here's how you're going to run your help desk so that we are able to support you. Or they say, give us all your KBs and somebody who really speaks well is going to read your KBs back and i haven't really heard what you're saying a lot that we're going to teach good decision makers to give a really good experience that's a little different and I don't, I think it's kind of cool, which is why I'm pushing you to say it. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: This goes again, this is a a presentation, not just about how we can deliver tech support, but how we are delivering good service. Yes, we're going to hook into your KBs so that if there is something that requires some unique process because of some system you've built, blah, 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 we know how to do that. But the key fundamental to it is delivering positive experience through that process.
0: So do you guys do you guys have torched. a way to track? Do you have a way to track that? I have, like I like data. Like is there a way that you could I have become a client. I'm using you, you're on board, and we've gone through the whole process. I'm loving it. We're coming up on our first whatever your review cadence is, which I'm sure you have some sort of review cadence. And I think this is great. Prove mm-hmm. to me that my investment was worth it. How do you show me that you were doing that? Are you tracking some sort of internal CSAT? Are you <laughs> so, using my CSAT tool? Like, like, wh- How are you demonstrating that you're actually doing that? We would
1: love to be able to, to send out the surveys after every engagement, but because we're white-labeled, it's not so straightforward. So yeah, in a lot of cases, we'll, we'll use yours. And we love to get that feedback. When you're sending out that survey and getting positive feedback, we want to pass that to our agent. We want to understand that. We simultaneously are, are tracking the more... Measurable things, you know, the, the resolutions, the call times, etc. We're actually looking at a, a system that'll help us measure sentiment in real time. You know, using using AI. um it, It's it's a question of how much you know weight to really put on that, because ultimately we need to know what the what the customer thinks. Well, because that's I mean, a, that's always the it. problem
0: with CSAT, right? Because CSAT's different than NPS. So I could have. Mm-hmm. I could have a hundred clients that their individual interactions with your platform are positive but yet i could still decide that i don't want to recommend you to someone else or buy again and it doesn't sound like you're having that problem and i'm curious like you clearly once i'm not asking you to reveal your secret sauce but clearly you're doing something right that you're not having that problem and that's probably something that people who are watching this would like to know um because I mean, I know that you don't get that with other competing platforms, so.
1: It goes back to those fundamentals. It's being respectful of of someone's time. I mean, when, when there's an issue that needs to be resolved, You know, sometimes it's going to take two minutes, sometimes it's going to take 20 minutes. And if it's 20 minutes, they don't necessarily need to sit on the phone. And some people will appreciate the fact that you didn't waste their time. That if it's something where you need to escalate, you recognize that quickly so that you move to that next step and get them the help that they need, the resolution that they need as quickly as possible. It's it's treating people the way you'd want to be treated. You don't want somebody wasting your time running around in circles. You want somebody being friendly, being helpful, solving your problem, and doing it as quickly as they can.
0: So how, how do you, Indeed, how do you escalate it back to, I'm sorry, I've totally derailed your presentation. No, no. I don't care. That's what you get no. for the Hawaiian shirt treatment. How, how do you, when you're giving that experience, that you just explained like there's going to be times where despite any of our best efforts, someone's determined to be unhappy. How does your team mm. like know to identify that and let my team know in a timely manner where I'm not coming in at 8am and being like, oh, helped. What did you do last night? We have two, in our knowledge
2: base articles, we've got two sections. We've got one that says urgent escalation, and we've got one that says non-urgent escalation. The urgent escalation is when they've discovered that that customer needs urgent escalation. And we will take the exact steps that are required. It goes back to the Vegas story. If Dean, you told me, hey, call me three times. If I don't pick up because I'm snoozing, call Ray, whatever. We'll do whatever it is that is required. We keep an open line of communication. We're on Slack internally. We're on Teams for almost, I guess, a good majority of our clients. I might ping you. Hey, Dean. You know, it's eight o'clock on Sunday. Are you around? Here's something that's happening. You know, we're acting as a part of your your team. We're acting as an agent for you. Um, I think that, and I'm sorry for taking a step back, but you know, I think that one of the things that we're getting at with the analytics is that. You know, we're we're not really going to be an IT service manager. We're still going to rely on your tools. We're going to show you the analytics that we're able to capture based on the way that we white label our service. But there's still going to be somebody that needs to say, hey, you know, I got a complaint from from this person. Let's dig a little bit deeper into this ticket the same way that you might pull an agent aside and say, hey, um, what happened on this one? This seems a little funny. You just pull us aside. You can send me a text message. You can send it to the team lead, the, 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 the pod lead, the person that's going to be the most you know, familiar with your account. And you can say, investigate this thing for me. Just that is going to be a huge time savings. Obviously we don't want it to happen, but if it does, it's something where you can say, Hey, Hey, what happened? And, and we'll tell you.
0: So there's a, there's a question in chat from someone I know has a, a pretty mature, you know, like, upper mid-size MSP and I know of also has used outsourced services in the past. And it's the same thing that I would ultimately be concerned with if I hadn't met you already and had the benefit of having this question answered. So what is going to prevent you from being just like any of the solutions that have been around for the last like 15 years? You know, I had, I back, back when I had VSA in like 2011, that it was, what was it? Like uh ProVal or something at the time, was literally selling bolt-on services for VSA. I mean, it's it's not a new concept. What are you going to do to keep just being just that commodity offering?
2: So the way that we have our pods set up is that it's cookie-cutterable. I don't know if that's a real word, but we have these pods of people that are going to be able to be replicated. Each client is going to be assigned one, two, three pods, however many that they require to be supported, but we're not going to deviate from that idea. Here's a pod, Dean, this this is five people. That pod can be completely distinct and separate from you know, the other pod. And as we continue to cookie cutter out these pods, we're gonna be able to have, I don't know, better scaling than others. You know We're not saying that we're putting this into a queue with 100 agents that are gonna click the button to pick up the phone. We're saying we're going to assign you a pod fractional agents, but it's, it's not outsourcing. Like like that drives me crazy. This is, this is partnership, which I also got torched on, on Reddit for saying (laughs) you saw that. Yeah. So, so this is a partnership with, with, with you, you know, like we're assigning these agents as fractional tech support agents to sit down and act on behalf of you. We're not saying let the call come in and have it go to a hundred people. We're saying it's these five people. That's it.
0: So then what's, what's, what's the five year plan? Are you gonna be hosting your own conference? Are, are you gonna be offering <laughs> three other bolt-on tools? Gonna, I have seen other people scale huge on this model and and it's gotten a little diluted from their original vision. Yeah. Are, are you, are you having a th- plan to grow this that far?
2: So I, I think that one of the the crazy things, and I'm gonna go, I'm in the kitchen, so I'm gonna go grab some tinfoil and put it on my hat. And I have a little tinfoil hat. And I think that one of the things that we're looking at is this workforce change, like we're staring down the barrel of this thing that's happening in, in society where people don't necessarily want to work and eat five, right? People don't necessarily want to be in an environment where uh, they've got to hop in the car and go to the office. And so we're trying to build a platform five years from now where you know folks can kind of jump in queue, where they can be available, where they can be uh, yeah ray doesn't want to work at all yes yes ray exactly <laughs> exactly but when you get bored you know if you could if you could hop on and 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 you know provide support you know that's the type of thing that we're trying to lean towards um, we're trying to uh, mature into the way that the workforce is going and we're trying to provide a solution that's going to work for everybody earlier you said something about the human element like you know i got a text from my mom saying hey i can't get my dual monitors working just a couple minutes before this call started my mom is, you know, making up of a, a very large generation. I hope that didn't sound funny. Uh, but she's in a generation that is of a lot of people. That generation of people is still, you know, at the at the office. And they're still going to need these, you know, levels of support. Um, below another generation, a couple generations, there's kids that are being born with tablets and phones in their hands. You know, like, those are the people that want to be able to say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gig working. I'm going to make myself available to help out whatever it is so sorry this is all super convoluted I think we're growing towards a platform where we're going to allow some more of that scaling
0: well so let me ask you a quick question I know this kind of derails um the presentation but you mentioned (laughs) something really interesting where you're talking about (laughs) how how technical employees want to work and Mm -hmm. what they do and don't want to do so let me put myself in that mindset I'm I'm a, I don't know, level one, level two MSP technician. I'm dissatisfied with MSP life, but I love what I've learned why would working for a company like you like why would joining one of your pods be any different wouldn't it be worse wouldn't they have to know even more? <laughs> wouldn't the fire hose be even, even bigger
1: what what if your issue is just that you don't want to have to wake up and get to the office at 8am what if you're i don't want point? to do that yeah exactly you want to no. stick till 11 roll out of bed keep your pajamas on and go you know check some emails or whatever well because we're providing 24 7 coverage we we need people who are working the afternoon the evening shifts So it's
2: we present a unique challenge to those folks. I mean, there's level one techs out there that say, hey, you know what? I'm a really great level one tech. I don't know if I'm a level two yet. I need to do some other things to get to that point or level three, wherever I'm going. For level one techs, we present a challenge. We present a holistic view of the IT landscape. You know, we've got multiple clients that are MSP um, companies at different sizes that are experiencing different things. And so yeah it could be a little bit more hectic yeah it's a bit of a fire hose but in reality what it is is it is a challenge to those that are that are up for the challenge and you know we, we we have pretty strict hours right so like if you if you're an eight to five then you're an eight to five because we've got other people to support the rest of the time and so that kind of helps with a little bit of the burnout
0: so uh, we, we only got a, a few me? minutes left i want to make sure everybody knows they can download the presentation at the link below because i totally <laughs> just prevented you from being able to talk about any of the points you want to talk? So,
1: I mean, we did actually talk about most of the, the data that we have on there. There was just one last slide I think is worth, worth mentioning. Yeah. Here. It's kind of why we're here. It's it's the value of providing that that service. The reality is that it's hard to know who to trust, who to, who to buy from, who to trust your business to. And you, know, you can go on Amazon and see something with thousands of reviews and not know if those are bought reviews. One of the most powerful things is, is word of mouth. And in order to get word of mouth, you need to have positive interactions. You need to have positive experiences. Absolutely. And you know you want to build evangelists, essentially. And that's why we think what we're doing, it's it's more than just the, the cost savings of, of outsourcing, getting that efficiency from your help desk team. It's our focus on that customer experience that makes sure that when somebody is calling in with an issue, when they're calling in frustrated and we can solve the issue and diffuse that frustration it leads to a positive experience we know everyone knows things are going to go wrong and it's how well you and your company deal with it when things go wrong that you know reflect your your value to that customer and so this is just the one slide that that we'll close on where I really just point out some stats on why it matters to deliver that good customer experience yeah maybe it's you're supporting some hundred person law firm, and it's just one paralegal that's calling and and they're frustrated and you make them happy and what value is that? It's not like they're a decision maker at this big law firm, but they then talk to their friends, their colleagues, their peers, or whatever, and there's somebody else that's looking for a similar service, and all of a sudden they're they're turned on to you it's so much easier to trust that word of mouth sort of recommendation as a way of of growing your business all the all the advertising all the sales you can do is great people really need to believe in you and they're really going to believe in what their peers what their friends are saying keeping the customers happy you know not only leads to the word of mouth it it leads to customer retention it makes sure that those customers aren't aren't leaving you if you have those negative experiences you lose that customer how much time how much money is it going to cost you to replace that customer so Again, just wanted to to wrap up this one slide. Yes, reminder: you can download the, the full slide deck. We really only had those first couple AI generated slides. Then most of the the deck was was our own. You can probably tell which which was which when you download it. Um, but I think this is the the core of the matter of why it it's important to deliver that experience because it's just going to be generally holistically good for business.
0: Guys, I love talking to you today. Um, we're unfortunately at the end. But this is why I derailed your presentation. If your MSP is at all thinking about scalability concerns, talk to David and Matt. They, their website has pricing, which is nice. I thank you for doing that. But actually talk to them. It's worth it. They're amazing. Guys, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thanks for having us, Ian. Appreciate the time.
0: Um, we have some wonderful upcoming events, and our very own AI-generated Phil will go over them.
1: Mm, beep, boop, hey guys, <laughs> we got a few events. It's been a busy week already. We had wins and losses last night. You can go rewatch that. It's always on Tuesdays at 7 30 p.m. And this morning we had a new episode of AI Roundup and that's every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And of course you just witnessed the amazing partner first with our new host Dean. And then on Friday we've got another event for you. MSP Community Live that's going to be right after MSP Dispatch at 11 a.m. Eastern Time.
0: Guys, it was great meeting both of you officially on video. I love seeing you online in our forums, Reddit, Discord. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, Are we're you here. And, uh,
1: I don't know if we're planning on that. There's there's a lot of events to get to.
0: There's only two of us. It's tough. Only two of you entirely it helped. You heard it here first. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) Better not get a call, Dean. I, I might have to run off. All right, guys. Thank you.
2: Bye. Thank you.